0: Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. I can't believe that I do everything and my husband puts on a tear for two seconds and gets a ticker tape parade. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood.
1: Maternal gatekeeping is a problem in many marriages. Mm. With Margaret Abel's and Amy Wilson. 15% of the work to 30% of the work is, I think, not so great. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas. So you don't
0: have to. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. This is Margaret. And this is
1: Amy. And this week we're talking about whether dads should get graded on a curve. This uh, episode topic was suggested to us by uh, Kevin Madsen of the Hey Dad podcast, who's going to be joining us in the second half. He'll tell us what he thinks, but we're first of all, you and I are going to nail this down. Yeah, I mean, we're going to solve it before we
0: even talk to him.
1: I think he might have suggested the topic, do dads get graded on a curve? And I had to change that to should dads get graded on a curve because then otherwise it would be a very short episode.
0: Right, because it would be like, yes. Yes. All right, everyone, we'll talk to you next week. (laughs) Bye-bye. Right.
1: Right. So I I think we can start from that they do and sort of why that is and and what it means. So Tom Stocky. Works for Facebook, took a parental leave when his daughter was born, because I guess Facebook, probably thanks to uh, the lean in woman. What's her name? I can't think Cheryl of her name. Stram- Cheryl Samberg. So yeah. they have a very liberal and um, non-gender based parental leave policy and he was home with his daughter for four months and he wrote a post about it that we'll link to on our show page for this which is whatfreshhellpodcast.com and it went viral because what he was talking about he he talked about what he called the ridiculous praise he got for changing a diaper or buying groceries with my daughter. Of course I take care of my kids. I'm supposed to, you low expectations having yet well-intentioned and undoubtedly nice person. Um, and of course it had like 17 million shares because that's what we're talking about. Not that dads can't do anything, but that they get a ticker tape parade for leaving the house with a diaper bag once in a while or every day in a way that women don't, no matter what we do. So let's talk about what being what grading on a curve is. Means, I sometimes have luck when I'm trying to write about something to really define because we 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 throw around the term grading on a curve to mean everybody gets an easy A. But that's not exactly what it is. It's right. It's it's just to define the term. It's that a grade is based not on an absolute one, but on a relative one. And it's it's really about defining what's good or very good when the average is really not going to be very good at all. So I think, so that's what grading on a curve is. So the next thing we have to define is who's who's grading, and when they're grading... The moms
0: are grading, right? The,
1: well, the, I think it's three I guess people. I the world. I think it's the moms, I think it's the dads, and I think it's the world. Okay. And each of them, when they grade, are using a separate criterion for who's the who's the average. So we grade them, when moms grade them, we grade them against ourselves in the same house with the same kids doing the same stuff. Our grades are not going to be very good if we're doing more. Want to hear the perfect example of grading on a curve? There's Dr. Joshua Coleman from the Council on Contemporary Families. He said, there's this idea of a lazy husband, but since the 1960s, men have doubled the housework they do from 15% to 30%.
0: Right. But you also have to take into account, I mean, you actually have to take into account what's causing all of this, which is that 50 years ago, many households had an expectation that the male member of the partnership worked and the female member of the partnership raised the kids. So it's not like it's always been mom works hard, dad takes a nap. Like the dynamics of the entire picture are changing so much Back in, I don't know, my grandparents' day, I I don't think either of my grandfathers probably ever changed a diaper. My dad, who worked full-time, changed diapers and did some household stuff, but my mom did the lion's share of it. But nowadays, most people I know, they both work close to an equal amount of time. And so then changing up who's doing the work at home, it's a really different picture, Right, it's lagging, but it's not So first of all,
1: 15% of the work to 30% of the work is I think not so great. Um and but also it's it's as you say, it's economic reality. It's not this isn't look how look how generous of spirit we're being. It's no, now there's two pe- often two people working that economic right. reality is is driving this. This right. is Right, and I
0: think the trick comes in where both people are working 50% of the time. I mean, my husband and I do have a breakdown of work that makes sense for us in that he does the work that actually pays for our house and our mortgage. I make some money, but not enough to support the household. He may be, I mean, my husband works like a dog, but like, Let's say he does 30% of the housework and I do 70%. That would make a lot of sense in our household. But let's go back to, to
1: the who's grading who, because that's what matters more than the percentage within the household, because that's only one kind of grading. When we grade our dads and how they're doing, we're grading them against ourselves. When dads grade themselves, often, they are grading themselves against their own dads, and the dads that they know, which is a very different proposal. I mean, I have heard many times, well, I do a lot more than this guy does or that guy does. And he does, <laughs> but I'm not you reading mean, you. your husband. Does. Yeah, my husband. Will, I mean, many of us do. Right. Well, I work a lot. I work a lot harder than this person. I do more than that person. But right. He's grading himself against the guys who golf all day, Saturday and Sunday. And I'm like, but I'm not married to that guy. I don't. Yeah, you're right. I wouldn't have chosen to marry guy. that dude. But you're grading yourself against something totally different. And again, the also the pipe and slippers thing of 50 Fifty years ago. Like, yeah, you do do more than that, but I'm not, that's not so impressive. I'm not impressed by that. And then the, and then there's the world. Then there's, I used to love flying with my three little kids by myself because I felt like that was the only time I got props going through security with a baby and a two-year-old and a four-year-old. And carry-ons, people right. are like, "Whoa, right? <laughs> you finally get the like, are you? Are all of those yours? Are you by yourself? I don't know how you do it. I I used to love hearing that because it was the only time I ever did, and I just felt like it was this quadruple axle of parenting that I had to do to be sort of seen and get like that thumbs up from the TSA lady, as opposed to I have seen, I I've been there when you know when my husband is getting a ticker tape parade for putting my daughter's floaties on at the pool when I'm like coming back from the restroom. They're like, that's so nice. I just love to see a hands-on dad like you. And it's like, are you kidding me? Like that's <laughs> yeah, like yes, he did something. And I guess we shouldn't berate him for doing it. But why is it? I would why... Say
0: berating him for doing it is probably the wrong way to play.
1: Right, right. But the but but I think it's okay to also be like, what are you like what are you talking about? Of course you're supposed to take your kids to school once in a while. And I think that I think that it leads to tension. But I also think that's that's what it's about. And I really thought about it like we are just we have different expectations because we're looking at things complete from completely different perspectives. Right. So so this is true. Right. But is the only problem that it bothers us? It doesn't bother dads to be graded on a curve. It's nice. It's nice to get recognition for your work. It doesn't seem to bother the world. The world finds it completely heart cockles warming to see a dad dressing up in a princess tiara for 15 minutes and doing a tea party is like, you know, worthy of a 60 right, second commercial. Yeah, a ticker tape parade. Um and I guess that's is, is that so bad? Is the only problem
0: with this that we're like, well wait a minute, what about me? Is that is that the problem with it and is that enough it's of a problem? It's that problem and it's the problem that in the big picture, the problem is like, wait, why are dad's getting so much credit for these small acts? In the small picture, if you and your husband have really different expectations about what his role is for a dad, it's going to cause problems for yourself.
1: It's true. It does make it harder to... It makes it harder to ask for what you need when every time you say, you know... I really don't want to be the only one to ever load the dishwasher around here you met with. Well, I do a lot more than, than right. some other fictional
0: person does. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I guess you do, but I still have a problem. I think that is really difficult. And the expectation of like, I think for modern dads, the idea of what it means to be a good dad is very complicated and difficult. And in previous generations, if the expectation was like, You go to work, you work really hard, you take on all that stress, you make the money, you come home and your slippers are ready and someone has made dinner and you kiss the kids and they go to bed. It's not ideal, but everybody knows their role in that situation. And I think currently, like I've had the same problem with my husband, which is like, it just kills me that you just through your dirty t-shirt right next to the hamper instead of putting it in and it's like but he wants some acknowledgement for the fact that like he's getting up he's making breakfast he's doing 10 times more than he would have been expected to do 25 years ago you know I was so do you
1: change the expectation I don't know and I I was thinking like would I next time should I retort well I do a lot more than my mom did but then I'm like oh do I I don't think I do right I, I probably do less than my mom did I do. I, I definitely do. Less I do less household did. stuff than than my mom did because my mom was tireless and had zero help. No babysitting. Well, my grandmother lived upstairs, so we sort of always had a um, extra set of hands. Extra set of hands. She was not. She was not a you know physically well. Like she she had terrible arthritis, so she she was mostly sitting in, on her couch you know pretty pretty in one place but could always play with the baby you know help with homework that kind of thing keep keep things going um but my yeah my mom I mean morning till night with the laundry and that it, it always 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 and so I do do less than she does because I'm able to outsource and because my husband does some and because you know there's there's more modern conveniences. She wasn't scrubbing clothes against a rock, right? But it's like we are with the 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 world is shifting towards this stuff being easier and outsourceable. And then it's New York City and you know, there's every kind of convenience to make
0: dinner time easier. And we've um, talked a lot about on other episodes about this idea of like invisible workload and the idea that like splitting up the household chores is one thing, but there is constantly, I was just leaving. We had just that kind of crazy day yesterday where it was like, friends are coming over and we've got soccer and then we've got to go to baseball and then this and that. And then if their friends are coming at four, then we've got to do this, then all the moving pieces of it. And my husband was working on a Construct like a fixer-upper project that needed doing, but I was getting in the car with our daughter to take her to Girl Scouts, and I remember just looking across the lawn and thinking, he has no idea why I'm leaving right now. He doesn't know it's Girl Scouts, and it's it's annoying to me that he doesn't even know it's Girl Scouts. Like, if it was up to him, she would never go anywhere she needs to be. Rah, rah, rah. And that, that, like, story starts sneaking in, you know? And so I think one solution for the problem that we're talking about of, like, well, why our dad's getting all this credit for stuff that seems to us just like a Tuesday, 9am. Like, it's like, if you do the things we do in one hour, you get credit as if you've, you know, reinvented the world. We're going to do it for 12 more hours and people are going to be like, she seems kind of uptight, that mom. You know, like we're going to get not only not praised for it, but like... The
1: disdain of my teenager being like, where's my cleats? (laughs) How dare you
0: even (laughs) breathe when you don't know where my cleats are, mom? I think it is something because it is not... Because the roles are no longer firmly established, it's something that like you have to manage... And recheck in with all the time. Like, my sister and her husband both work kind of freelancy jobs. And like, sometimes she's really busy, sometimes he's really busy, but it's difficult. Like, they both work really, really hard. And, it- my sister is still doing the lion's share of the like at home work and my husband and I, and again, like it's time to reset it. Cause we haven't done it in a long time. We used to have like a Sunday hour where we would sit down together and it's like, what is this week going to bring? What are we expecting? What, where do you need to be? Where do I need to be? Because, Like my husband just is going on a business trip and he's like, oh, Tuesday, I'll be away. Just FYI. And I'm like, FYI, you know, it's the dress rehearsal that I have to take her. And of course he doesn't know. He doesn't remember it's the dress rehearsal. You didn't tell me that. And he's like, and I'm like, I've got a show that I've had tickets to. Don't you remember? Blah, blah, blah. Now we need a sitter. And I did find myself saying to him, I'm like, if you can't find a sitter, you can't go on your business trip. Like I got dibs on the fact that I can't be there because I have to be at this thing I got tickets for. That is part of a work thing for me. Like, and- I found that coming out of my mouth. Like this childcare thing is your problem, not mm-hmm. my problem. But maybe to avoid that slightly fractious conversation in the modern world, it's like we have to treat it like business partners to a certain degree and have some time where you sit down and you're like, all right, what's coming up and what do we need? I'm going to hit you with a truth bomb from
1: uh, a professor of sociology at NYU, okay. Dr. Kathleen this Gerson. This is not going to go well for the husbands,
0: I can tell. Well,
1: she just says the typical family today is either dual income or a single parent. That's actually, there are actually more of them than there are two parent families, one parent stay at home. Sure, that doesn't surprise me at all. And she says we are unlikely to return to an era where one worker is enough to support a household. Right. The kinds of secure jobs that once characterized men's work are disappearing and more fluid and flexible ways of working are emerging. That's true, And that's good, the fluid and flexible thing. But we're not going back to the way things were. So let's stop talking about the way things were, I guess is my
0: takeaway. Although I think that what you have to recognize is like my parents always tell the story. They met, they got engaged six weeks later. They got married three months later. They were married 49 years. But they met. They were both Irish Catholic kids from New York City. They understood 95% about what their lives would look like just by looking at each other. When we talk about like, oh, the changes and this and that, you have to acknowledge that Now I have friends who got married and it's like, he's an African-American guy from the inner city of Philadelphia. She grew up in an evangelical Christian family in the South. They are meeting in Los Angeles and like, they don't have any, you have to build that from scratch. You know what I mean? And so the difference is in talking about the old days of like, well, our expectations, your expectations, what your life would look like were set before you got married. Nowadays, it's like me a rando, get married. You have to start having some of these conversations. Like my husband and I, we got married in the Catholic church and we had to go to pre-cana, which is like, they sit you down and like go through this. Like my parents actually did. My parents did
1: something called engaged encounter, which was a, like a pre-cana, but it was a weekend, a weekend retreat. My parents used to, to run those. We did about- it
0: one day. I went, I goofed on it the whole way. I'm like, I cannot believe we have to do this. It's the stupidest thing ever. And my husband, God bless him, said to him, said to me, you know, we're going to spend the day there. Let's just see what we can get out of it. They sat down with us. They asked us all these questions. They were like, what are your expectations about who manages the finances? What are your expectations about who's taking care of the kids? What are your expectations about how you're going to spend the holidays with your different parents? And I thought I would have never asked these questions. And there were some that were clear sailing for us and some that were kind of sticky wickets. And I think in order to avoid the situation where you're like in the space where you're like, I can't believe that I do everything. And my husband puts on a tiara for two seconds and gets a ticker tape parade. You and your spouse need to have some conversations about what your expectations are.
1: I feel compelled to say here. So my parents did that for many years. They did these engaged encounter weekends. And my mom told me once that, yeah, once in a while they would have a couple go on the weekend, get in a big fight. During the weekend, and you know, not get not get married, and she said we always, we
0: never looked on that as a failure. We looked no, at that it's as not a, as a good and, and I and outcome. I think yeah, I just think the core of this issue is about expectations. Like should dad get graded on the curve? They get graded on the curve because. So little is expected from them. But if you're in your personal life, if you're, if you have higher expectations for what your spouse should be doing and you're constantly having the conversation of like, you do nothing. What are you talking about? My friend plays golf, 36 holes of golf every weekend. Like that's a conversation you need to get into.
1: And you have to be aware you've talked about this concept, but this Josh Coleman guy who I'm a little mad at because he's the one who said that a move from 15% to 30% of work is like, Hey, like they do a lot more than they used to. Yeah.
2: That's you're in like, where's my
1: 50? I'm a little wary. But he, he also says that uh, maternal gatekeeping is a problem in many marriages. Mm, and that's what wow. you were saying about like, that's not how you hold the baby. That's not how you, you know, make her bologna sandwich <laughs> that, that you right. have to you have to be be aware of that. And then that, that's sort of creeping into the other, why don't you do more topic. But resentment that they want a ton of credit for doing anything at all can be less than useful in terms of getting them to want to do more.
0: And we've also talked about previously our dog trainer story, which is all about like the dog trainer who does a story about animal training. And in her marriage, she realizes that like the way you train animals is to ignore negative behavior and only praise good behavior. That that's part of what this is. Like if you... Only if the only dialogue going on is like, oh, you want credit for sitting through one tea party? Well, I do. Rah, 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 rah. it's not actually going to result in behavior you want. Whereas, if you can force yourself to praise all the good behavior, you're going to get better results. But at the same time, ladies,
1: we feel you it is totally unfair that the
0: listen, <laughs> that it's totally dangerous. <laughs> Come to it's us,
1: totally complain to us about it. We get yes. it
0: every time you see that viral video of like the dad in dance class, you're like, oh. I've driven to 86,000 dance classes Right, this guy does one pirouette and people are acting like he should get be named like because it was like world.
1: daddy day. So when we come back we're going to be joined uh, by Kevin Madsen who's a co-host of the Hey Dad podcast which is a really funny great podcast and we're going to we're going to hash this out with him see what he thinks. We're going to yell at him for being graded on a curve. <laughs> what Kevin doesn't know is <laughs> that like we're going to yell at <laughs> him. Said we're
0: just going to ambush him and be like, "What is wrong? Should be fun. Tune in for that when we get back. Margaret,
1: I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses. First two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers.
0: fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to Lumen.me and use FRESH to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N
1: dot M-E. Lumen.me and use the code FRESH at checkout for
0: $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. And now, who does your kid love more, mom or dad? From the What Fresh Hell podcast. Mom carried child for nine long months before enduring the lengthy pain of childbirth. Dad
2: did not do any of those things. Daddy
3: is the best.
0: Mom carefully considers children's well-being and safety.
2: Dad can throw the baby like 10 feet in the air. I love daddy.
0: Mom spent 45 minutes last night carefully supervising homework and repeatedly explaining the concept of fractions. Dad spent four minutes
2: last night singing Havana in a hilarious voice.
0: It's totally daddy! Mom lovingly crafts healthy meals made of organic ingredients.
2: Dad invented ice cream for breakfast.
0: Oh, for God's sakes, this is totally unfair. Mom provides unconditional love.
2: Dad provides unconditional love and makes fart noises on command. Daddy,
0: daddy,
2: daddy, daddy.
0: Amy, I have a question for you. Yes. Is meal prep harder in the summertime? Yeah. Because, you know, we have because air conditioning. It's like, oh, it's hot, the oven. You know what? You don't want to cook anything. You definitely don't want to decide what to cook. And I feel like when you lose the anchor of school days, like school is such a routine, which I love the break from. But then my cooking goes out the window in the summertime.
1: And also it's like it's beautiful out. It's 530. It's sunny. It's gorgeous. Who wants to think about it? And now you have to go inside and make dinner. Yeah. You
0: know what the solution to that is, Amy? I think I do. But why don't you it's tell our me? our sponsor for today, prep dish. Preftis is a healthy subscription-based meal planning service that tells you what to shop for, what to cook in order to make delicious meals for the whole week. They're like healthy, easy meals to prepare. They send you emails. They describe what you're going to buy, how you're going to cook it, and you end up with breakfast, lunch, dinner, and a snack and a salad. And then they lay out everything. You need a can of
1: chickpeas. You need... 2 pounds of chicken thighs. They, they lay out everything you need to shop for which is totally easy to
0: plug into Instacart. And it's not weirdo store. ingredients like salt you can only find in this peak of the Himalayas it's it's stuff you can find in the grocery store. Right. It's
1: gluten-free, it's paleo. They have option they have those two options and then they have something called super fast. Which one do you think I click on usually? Yeah. It, 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 spoiler alert, we're both on Super Fast. And, and it's healthy. My kids like it. And I really do love the just tell me what's for dinner.
0: Just tell me what I have to do. And then you're then you're kind of set. What Fresh Hell listeners can get a free two week trial of Prep Dish by going to prepdish.com forward slash WFH? That's prepdish.com slash WFH. It's all lowercase. Prep Dish. Shop once prep once, eat stress-free meals all week. Okay, we're back. And with us, we have Kevin Madsen of the Hey Dad podcast. Hi, Kevin.
2: Hey, how are you?
0: We really like your podcast. Tell us about
1: it's you and your brother and a friend of yours. Is that right?
2: Yeah, it's actually me and two of my brothers uh, oh. and a friend of ours. And we we have had this uh, probably seven or eight year old text message thread. That's just it, it, at first, it was just um, stupid stuff we find on the internet, and it sort of still is that. But we noticed over the last uh, five or six years, as a bunch of us became dads, that it also just became sort of a dad flavored uh, text message thread. And at a certain point, we were like, maybe this should be a podcast. And so. <laughs> Here we are.
1: How old are your kids or kid?
2: Uh, I have three kids. I have a six-year-old boy, a four-year-old boy, and an almost two-year-old girl.
0: Oh, Kevin, you don't even know. You're, you've landed in, in a warm bath here. We are both parents to two boys and a girl with almost the same spread, right? Mine are, yeah. mine are all 18 months apart. So they're now nine, eight, and six. And mine are 15, 13, and 10. So I, I can offer you both yes. a... A uh, long range forecast. Amy brings us the wisdom of the ages <laughs> here at What Rochelle podcast. I you love read.
2: the phrase land, landed in a warm bath as something yeah. that is like welcoming and not not at all jarring and surprising.
0: No, I think no, surprise I baths, surprise baths would not work for you. Oh my God, the bath yeah. is always my happy place. But it might be, a, I'm not going to lie to you, it might have been a strange thing to say to a strange man. Hey, you've landed in a <laughs> warm bath with us two women we've <laughs> never met before.
2: Yeah, my wife will be, um, I don't know, maybe concerned, interested at the very least.
0: Yes, yes. So before you came on to join us, we were talking about you.
2: Um, and our <laughs> parenting.
0: For, and our plans for you. We have a lot of <laughs> thoughts about you, Kevin. Uh, but we were talking about this idea of dads being graded on a curve. And whether or not dads should be graded on a curve, we've definitely arrived at the fact that dads are graded on a curve, and we think that dads maybe I don't know. Amy, I think, feels very annoyed that dads are graded on a curve, and I feel kind of like, eh, of course they are.
1: Yeah, well, I'm sort of. We we sort of came to the uh, point of wondering: is the only problem that dads are graded on a curve that moms have a hard time with it? Because dads dads kind of like it, if I'm not mistaken, Kevin.
2: I mean, I don't. Like I I would, I think maybe if we're speaking very broadly, sure, maybe maybe it's nice and generous to be graded on a curve. But I feel like what's going on is that, um, no surprise to anyone on this podcast, or I think anyone who's ever been a person, moms have been the you know primary and sometimes only real parents for since the dawn of time. And there's a whole bunch of sort of cultural factors I think that. Have have lined up to start changing that dynamic a little bit. So many more uh, women working, um, which just sort of leaves the the old dynamic of like, "Hey, Dad, you go make money. Mom, you raise the kids." Obviously, I think that that still exists. I'm sure for a lot of people, but I think more and more that's that's eroded. And I'm sure there are some negative aspects of that for some people, but I think in general, it's pretty overwhelmingly positive for dads like me, for a lot of my peers, as we have sort of stepped into something resembling equal co-parenting. It's weird because on one hand, I think a lot of us want to be cool dads that are just like, we are equals and there's no reason that you should be doing more than me. But then on the other hand, there's a lot of this like cultural inertia that still pegs mom's one way and dad's another way and i will say even as someone that doesn't doesn't like at least at least i say i don't like being graded on a curve i do find myself you know there're just like certain tasks for whatever reason like making lunches for the kids the night before i find myself feeling like i deserve a gold star even <laughs> though my wife does that Every single
0: day. What is your situation at home? Like, so what is your work? What is your work life balance look
2: like? Well, my wife and I both work. I have a decent amount of flexibility. I work from home a day or two every week. And then, you know, my kids are in preschool and daycare and, you know, probably similar to a lot of folks with young kids. Yeah, because I
0: do think that a lot of the crux of this thing is and this is a lot of what I was talking about in the first half. The, the changing picture, the idea that like back in the day, like dad came home from work, mom had taken care of the kids all day, dad kind of roughhouse with them a little bit, put them to bed. That was the work-life balance. Now it's like, well, if you're both working 50-50, should should the child care break down to 50-50 at home? Is that realistic? Is that ever going to happen? I will say, we, my husband and I are somewhat close to it, I feel like. But when the babies were little, our my husband worked out of the house. My husband now works from home. I was at home. I did 90%. He did 10. As, as our work picture has changed, his percentage has come up a lot. But we're still not really at 50-50.
2: I just think... And maybe it's just my own opinion. I think if there are external factors like a work schedule or maybe like really early, like if if a mom is nursing, if there are things that a dad can't do, sure. Like you, m- maybe it does need to be skewed one way or the other. But in, in a situation where both parents work and have similar work schedules and, and commitments – I, I cannot imagine why it shouldn't be fifty fifty, and
0: I, we should have. We should have. We need a hallelujah sound effect. Hallelujah,
1: hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I feel like the sort the whole "Hey Dad" ethos seems to me to be things are different than they used to be. And they should be. And it's good. And it's not it's not just good for our spouses. It's good for us. And so it's occurring to me listening to you that this is something that should change. And not just because it annoys the parent who isn't getting enough attention for what they do, but because dads should stop listening to this sort of tired cultural message that they don't have to do that much.
2: Yeah. No, it reminds me, my brother, uh, my older brother, who has uh, an almost 18 month old, somewhere in there he's older than a year um, you was only telling have to keep story. track of the
0: ages of your own kids, Kevin. You don't Thank you so much. Of of your brother's yeah. kids. We've I've established that as a rule. Like when other people – I talk to other people. I'm like, I barely remember my own kids' ages, so I certainly don't know how old your kid is.
2: <laughs> yeah, especially – yeah, he's older than one. I feel like that's close enough.
0: <laughs> fine. Um, fine. You, after <laughs> one, you don't need to know the months anymore,
2: for God's sake. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, he was telling a story on the podcast, uh, I don't know, a few episodes ago, where he was talking about how he was changing his son in a public restaurant. Room and he was like having this fun moment with his kid and this older gentleman um, sort of walked by and cleared his throat and said wow you've really been domesticated <laughs> and we all we all laughed about it but mostly I think what we were all thinking is like I just feel sorry for that old man like back to what you were just saying Amy about it being better for everybody like I genuinely want whenever m- my kids are, out of the house and I'm sad and miss them. I want to know that I was stuck in the whole time and I was there in the middle of the night and I was there, you know, for not just like wonderful quality time moments, but like quantity time moments where I I was just there all the time. I don't want that as a favor for my kids or a favor to my wife. I want it because I think it's like a core part of the human experience. And I don't want to miss out on that just because I'm, maybe culture would allow me, to just like go sit in my man cave and, you know, (laughs) tousle the kid's hair once in a while and then, you know, give myself a pat on the back for being a good dad. Like, like, I just, I don't know. I feel like I would be missing out.
0: This is, I I feel like I have to speak. I I like our like utopian version of the world where we're all doing 50% of everything and everyone's deep in their full human experience of having uh, children. But, There is an evolution of roles that makes a lot of sense. Like my dad tells a story about his father, who was a fire chief in New York City, Irish. You know, we're talking about pretty traditional gender roles and pretty traditional lifestyles. Meat and potatoes. Meat and potatoes kind of people (laughs) from the old country. And my dad went to um, decide to wear a wedding ring. And his father said to him, like, why don't you just wear a ring in your nose and let your wife lead you around by it? Like the idea that a man would wear a wedding ring was so ridiculous to him. Like, oh, like what kind of new man are you wearing a wedding ring? Like how ridiculous. He
1: would really I have to I have to give a shout out to my husband who wears a like black silicone rubber wedding ring because he likes to lift weights and he wears a totally ridiculous like gumball machine looking ring Because he doesn't want to not wear one. So, you know, times have changed. Times have
0: changed, and that's fine. (laughs) And I also, I think that if, if, and then I remember at some point when we were, we had babies, my husband and my um, brother-in-law came out. And they both had like three months old in a baby Bjorn. Like they were walking with the baby strapped to them. And my dad just like looked up from his paper and he didn't say anything. But his face was definitely like, <laughs> not in my day, boys. Like it just Things change for the better and for the worse. And I think it's great to be in the role that you want to be in. And that role might not necessarily be 50-50 for every man and every woman.
2: Yeah, I'm sure.
0: I, I want my husband to be
2: fifty fifty. I I totally agree, and I think a lot of it is just whatever works inside of whatever your parenting situation is. Um, but I don't know. On behalf of someone who's a dad and someone who probably could maybe get away with being less involved than I am, I feel mm-hmm. like when I go through that, it's not like I don't go through weeks or months or whatever when I'm like not as switched on as I should be. Like I'm not happier. And maybe that's, maybe this is just me. For me, it's a matter of like looking back on those times and being like, was that a good decision? Like, was I, even if I was just being purely selfish, even if I'm just looking at me, like, was I happier? And I don't know. I usually don't think I am.
1: That's what I was just thinking, listening to that story. Like the, the dad who's looking at the, the younger dad with the baby Bjorn, like, boy, boy, have you been played? Like, I'm not sure that, I'm not sure that they're right. It's not so bad to carry your baby around in a baby Bjorn. It's kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess I guess yeah. the point is the it's that it's always your your uh always your option to do it or not if you don't feel like it and if you do do it you're you're just gonna get the the adulating stares of everybody you pass as just being the most unbelievable person.
0: That's also where the culture has shifted. Like it's gone from guys older guys looking at you and being like oh whatever like you sure are domesticated, to being like oh you're amazing a dad who does something with his kids like, I think. You should not be operating because the culture says you should be operating a certain way. I've had older people say to me when I'm like rolling around the grass with my kids or something like I've had older men say to me. I never remember spending time like that with my mom. Like my mom was a disciplinarian who took care mm-hmm. of the house. Like we have gone and we're very lucky to live in a time where like having children used to be a pretty utilitarian proposition. Like you had children to work the land, you had children to help with the business. And you had we a
2: lot of have- them in case a few of them die because you yeah, want to have exactly. enough kids to work Absolutely. the land.
0: Absolutely, And, and I think that the premise of parenting has changed so much that I'm sympathetic to like the older people who are a little bit like, that's not how we used to do kids. Like, it has actually changed fundamentally. Yeah. And so I think it is interesting to have a conversation about, like, okay, where do we want it to change to and why? And I think if you're doing anything as a parent because you're like, this isn't supposed to be my role, that is insane. Like, let go of that. That's not interesting at all. <laughs> yes. But if you say my household is going to be a household where, like, I had a very frank conversation with my husband when we got married, in which I said, my expectation Right now, like I have a sort of artsy background. My expectation is that you are going to support our family. And like our contract is basically you're signing up to support however many children we have. That's our contract. Hopefully I make a million dollars as a podcaster. I win the lottery, whatever. It could change. But my expectation is this. My expectation as part of that is that I may have to do more to take care of our kids. I think a lot of people skip those conversations mm-hmm. and they get kind of lost in like, wait, where are we now?
2: Yeah. And that's where, like you were saying earlier, if if you're looking around at what sort of culture is telling you to do, rather than being intentional about having that conversations about what works for me, what works for us, what works for you, and sort of deciding what that family dynamic, work dynamic, parenting dynamic needs to be, you're going to get lost because those Uh, those sort of cultural stories around what moms do and what dads do are changing super rapidly. And like you said, um, the whole, you know, now if you're spending any sort of like fun time with your kids, especially as a dad, I feel like everybody looks at you like you're some sort of magical wizard that, you know, is doing some phenomenal gift to society. Like, honestly, if I see one more stock photo of like a dad and a kid with like superhero capes looking over some (laughs) majestic (laughs) vista that talks about the quote unquote super dad, it's just, it's like, it's just another flavor of being condescending. It's like that damning with faint praise thing
1: the trope of the of the tea party tiara wearing dad like that's it's just another thing like look how amazing he is yeah it's it's condescending you're right it's like that's not that's not what it's really about
2: Can, can you imagine if like that like super mom and like she's just like doing really normal mom things like you just wouldn't say that about a mom but a dad like does like table stakes parenting things and you know we give him a parade and i think that's part of what makes the achieving some sort of like 50-50 dynamic more difficult because if I'm constantly told that I deserve extra credit for doing really normal things, it, those normal things don't feel normal. They feel like bonuses and they feel like something that I could switch off whenever I want because, you know, I don't have to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm going way above and beyond every time I do.
1: There's yeah. the rub. Tell us about Kevin, the uh, the Hey Dad subscription box. I think this is a great idea.
2: We just launched a subscription play experience for dads and kids uh, age three to six at heydad.com. Sort of the genesis of that idea was spending time with my kids and being really bored and realizing that maybe for a four-year-old doesn't always know what a 34-year-old wants to do. And so every month, it's a themed experience where you open up the box and you've got, I don't know, an hour, two hours of fun with your kids that's designed with the dad's experience specifically in mind everything you need is 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 in the box so there's not going to be a moment where you know you're like okay all you need is some scotch tape and you're like how do we not have scotch tape and then your kid's (laughs) like i thought we were gonna have fun and you're like i feel like a failure Um, so that's
0: not the experience you're going for.
2: Yeah. (laughs) We're not going for that. I feel like a failure. (laughs) Yeah. 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 We're trying to minimize garment rending. That's like number one on our,
0: I also think it's interesting because something else about this, I mean, I, I, I tend to be the, um, the voice of not really doom, but like the, like, wait a minute voice. And I do think like there are some dads for whom the 50-50 experience is not ideal, and that's okay. That's like the voice I want to speak to a little bit. And I yeah. think that for a lot of dads, they may feel a little lost in the experience sometimes. And what's the phrase you used before, Amy? The mom, it's like the mom blocker. What did you say? <laughs> the
1: mom blocker. Yes. It's a maternal gatekeeping, Kevin. that's right. the. With, uh, we mm. have a. Uh, the Council of Contemporary Families uses the term maternal gatekeeping for the that's not how he likes his bath water. That's not how she likes her apple cut up kind of stuff.
0: I think it can be hard for dads to find access points to their kids sometimes. And I think it's okay to acknowledge that a little bit.
2: A hundred percent. And I didn't know that phrase, maternal gatekeeping. I have had a hundred conversations with friends where that's what we were talking about, even though we didn't know the term.
0: I kind of like and- mom blocker better, but <laughs> yeah. we call it mom blocking. But mom yeah. <laughs> And we talk a lot on the podcast about stories. And I think the story you tell yourself and how that becomes your destiny. And I think the story of my husband's an idiot who can't do anything (laughs) helpful and was put on earth to make my life having kids more difficult is a story that creeps into a lot of mom's minds. I'm not mentioning any names, but possibly my own. I think it's great to search for this 50-50 in this new dynamic, but it's kind of like facilitating a relationship that makes sense for dad and kids versus like I'm the one who knows how the baby is held. And I think the idea of the box is kind of nice. It's like some people might need an extra hand, like facilitating a relationship with their kids. They might not have had a dad who modeled for them, like emotional availability and like rolling around the floor on your kids is a real natural experience.
2: And I think that's such a good point because I come from a place of, I, I grew up in an extremely healthy family. I had a great dad. I, well, look at
0: m- you. Kid. My wife and <laughs> I. yeah you. Or no, but that's the point. family guy. That's the
2: point. Like I didn't <laughs> deserve or, or any of it. I just was born into it. And my wife and I are trying to build that sort of same dynamic in our own house. But I think there are so many dads who maybe weren't born on third base from like a relational perspective, the way that I was, and they just want a way to connect with their kids and they don't feel equipped to do it. Sometimes I think we, I don't know, overemphasize we got to make sure that my four-year-old learns the fundamentals of STEM or whatever thing we're all like <laughs> oh, stressed Kevin. out about that you're, they need to get. You're singing w- my song right now. Way ahead on, and I think for us, I'm just like, what if my what my kid knew is like, dad enjoys me, like dad wants to spend time with me. I think that's so much more foundational to the identity of a kid than like whether I understand. I have a toy that teaches me how to code or whatever.
1: Kevin, tell yeah. us about where we can find uh, the box and the podcasts and everything. Hey, Dad.
2: Yeah. So if you go to HeyDad.com, uh, you can buy it for you or your husband. You can gift it to someone else you know. We've got like all of that set up. And if you use the code uh, FRESH, then you get 10 bucks off.
0: Always looking out for our listeners. Awesome. Guys.
1: guys, I love the Hey Dad podcast. It's really funny. If you enjoy parenting podcasts, which of course you do because you're listening to this one, you should definitely check them out. It's a great podcast.
0: And I, I feel like we solved it. We, we grade dads on a curve. We think dads maybe sometimes get a little too much credit, but our takeaway is be the dad you want to be. And more importantly, be the dad your wife wants you to be. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Or maybe be the dad your kids need you to be.
0: Yeah, no, don't do that, guys. Do the thing I said. Um, be the dad. You gotta stay. Keep your wife happy and stop saying I'm a lot better
1: than than these all these dads used to be because uh, she knows that already and it's not helpful.
0: Yeah, <laughs> let me tell you, when your wife's mad at you saying that you do more than your friend who golfs a lot is not going to go well. Don't do that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. If you need a bar that's that low, that's that's just kind of pathetic.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're going to get a bar to the head. So just don't yeah. say it. not a good idea. And guys, with that, we thank you, Kevin, for being with us for the second half of our show.
2: Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Love your podcast as well. Margaret, I'll just say really quick as a closing note, I had a conversation with my wife yesterday where I felt like I was channeling you because we were talking about some little relational issue that our kid was having. And I just kept saying kids work stuff out. We Just have to stay out of the way. And I felt like I felt like it was a little bit of market coming out.
0: Wow. My work here is done. My work here is done. (laughs) This concludes. This concludes. (laughs) The podcast is over, guys. We're done. (laughs) I've done it. I've my mission on earth is complete. All right. Thanks so much, Kevin. Great to talk to you. Thank you. So thanks for listening this week. We want to know what's going on in your household. Are your husbands being graded on a curve of stats? And is it working for you or not? You can join us at facebook.com forward slash whatfreshhellcast and join the conversation. Or on Instagram
1: at whatfreshhellcast or on Twitter at WFH podcast. And of course, we're going to put up links to the Hey Dad podcast and some of the research we talked about today. The mom block. What's it called? Maternal gatekeeping. Maternal That'll be up on whatfreshhellpodcast.com.
0: I think we should start making maternal gatekeeper t-shirts and sell them online. (laughs) It might be our next business. So look for those, everybody. But until then, we will see you guys next week. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you then. Hey there, I'm
3: Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence